Jack and Mel weigh in. Final round. Hey. Welcome back to uh, this week's edition of the Jack and Mel Superad MMA Show, which of course is a public media production. Mel Brown, my brother, how are you keeping? I'm keeping very well. It's been far too long. It has, yes. We are back um, better than ever, literally. Uh, first, of all, say, yeah. first of all, I want to thank our uh, our new Patreon subscriber from uh, Canada, uh, Colin, who is uh, helping us bring you this great content. Um, so if you're interested in supporting the content, please head to patreon.com forward slash superadmma and check out our tiers. Um, um, but we have a new schedule um, this year, so we're, we're back on YouTube, um, which we did a video um, of... Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone and the reasons why I'll probably put a bet on Cowboy uh, and we're going to release the podcast on Mondays uh, as of next week uh, YouTube videos on Wednesdays and Fridays so very much looking forward to it mm. Mm. very quiet over there Mel and just letting you get that, that juicy plug out that right one started. <laughs> absolutely uh, well let's just get into it we'll talk about some of the news around the UFC and then uh, obviously we'll get into some UFC 246 so uh, let's see where to begin. Um, ex-UFC fighter Paul Kelly announces MMA return after six years in prison. Um, yeah, six years for heroin trafficking. It's a classy move. A classy crime. Um, it affects nobody, right? Yeah. I mean, innocent. Until? Very much proven guilty, as he was. Yeah. Um, I don't care. I'm just not interested in seeing him fight. I would question... Well, I don't know. It raises raises another question in that, like, should he fight again? Yes. Yeah. You know, does past transgressions disqualify you from partaking in what is this? Apart from, of course, heroin smuggling, your your career? No. He has, at the end of the day, he has served his time. uh, And who are we to judge? I mean, who are the judges and juries of our society? That is well. That is a very philosophical question. One perhaps well, for a different type of podcast than the one well, we are bringing to the. Is in fact the judges and juries in our society. I just think that you know, if the guy wants to get on with his life now, he's he's served his time. He's uh, he he's free I he was, to do I so. I thought he got a lot longer in jail. Thirteen years, but I mean, he definitely you know, hasn't been in jail thirteen years. No, six years, but with with good behaviour and the likes, you can uh, you can get out obviously a little bit earlier than that. So um, he is back, uh, going to make a run at some sort of MMA career so you know hopefully he stays away from the uh, you know casual drug drug trafficking and is yeah. able to uh, to make things work again yeah it's hard to say you know, good luck to him I don't really really wish much good luck to him but <laughs> I suppose my reaction to this is that is it is indeed something that is happening and that's about it Yes, this is this is news. Yeah, this is a factual piece of news. Um, Paul Daly no longer going to be part of the Bellator broadcast team. Uh, he's being dismissed after making some... <laughs> well, first of all, we've only got one side of it. We've only got his claim that he's been released. Bellator, I don't think, as of right now, Bellator have made a statement. No, on, they haven't. Or officially announced it, but uh, he has stated on his Instagram, I believe, that they've... They've let him go for voicing his opinion yep. on uh, MVP's recent opponents. Yep. Um, wasn't on the Japan card. It was the London one. And I, the name of the guy he fought is escaping me. Um, I thought the fight before that was the Richard Kiley fight. No, that was in Dublin. 
definitely yes. fought someone in in London. Nah, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I would have to look him up. But anyway, I think Paul Daly raised the point uh, on the uh, analyst booth that it wasn't impressive at all because essentially he's expected to get rid of these guys in the first round um, and it's easy to look good fighting bums. I think that's fair, though, to an extent. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, he went on to say that, well, if he's that good, you know, how come he didn't get rid of me in the first round? I don't think that's a great argument considering how no. bad that fight was. You know, if he's that good, how come I didn't get knocked out? Um, I also think that, you know, the Bellator need to stop bringing people on like this. I mean, there's there's a there's a curve, you know, that, that people should follow on their way up. But, I mean, we're way past that with MVP. Way past that. Oh, yeah. Like, he's not a not a young man either. As 32 or 33, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's definitely in his prime. You know, we're past the the building him up stage. Um, he's fought, you know, like we just said, Paul Daly and uh, Lima. You know, he's, yep. he's fought some of the best, including the best in that division that Bellator has to offer. It just seems very odd that we're, like, after getting to that peak, they've brought the level of competition right down again. Yeah, well, I mean, it, this is the problem that I think Bellator has when it comes to trying to cement themselves as... Because uh, you could, I'm just looking at, I found his record there, you could easily argue that since losing to Douglas Lima, his competition has actually been the worst it's been in you know three or four years yeah i mean richard kiley lovely guy but you know when you're going from douglas lima to richard kiley that's that's a bit of a drop off and then it was giovanni melillo yeah he he fought in london yeah that's right um, the guy i couldn't remember i wonder why is he a taxi driver or something probably <laughs> or bin man or something like that um but like before that you know douglas lima paul daly dave rickles uh, I mean, Dave Cyborg Rickles. Santos. You know, there was a. They weren't, you know, up until daily, they weren't great opponents, but there was, you know, you could see the curve, yeah, trending upwards. Um, but now it's, you know, he's taken one step forward and three steps back at this rate. Um, he just he needs to fight the elite. It's I'm not just helping I'm, Bellator either. He is enough of a highlight reel now that like he really doesn't need to be fighting people like Giovanni Malilu. I agree. Um, Mighty Mouse is fighting for the flyweight uh, championship in one FC. Um, yeah, good for him. Yep. Um, I have a sneaky feeling we'll see Mighty Mouse back in the UFC within the next twelve months. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, and as well, you know, obviously with the way things went with the Askren, uh, the trade there, it didn't really make, it didn't, it didn't really work out for the UFC. I think as well. See, as I would, hoped. I would argue against that in that. Although Askren didn't, you know, he didn't win anything of note. Um, he, beat, he still beat Robbie Lawler. Oh, yeah, he beat Ro Robbie Lawler. But, you know, he, uh, what I mean is that he, I think it was nearly expected that he would challenge for a title, you know, and the, the run sort of blew up on itself. And especially because of how bad the losses were. Yeah. Um, competitively, it didn't work out well for the UFC. But I think publicity-wise and financially-wise, he definitely brought lots of attention to those to those fights you know and uh, the amount of hype going into that masvidal fight and then of course the way it the way it worked Went out down. yeah i would say i would argue that it's that it's worked out for the ufc because unless you're the most hardcore of hardcore mma fans in the west are you really other than catching the highlights are you, are you making a point to to stay up to watch mighty mouse fight in one 
probably not i thought i'd say a lot of people that even even diehard fans like us you know would very very rarely stay up for 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 something like that yeah like mighty mouse is one of my favorite fighters same ever uh i think he doesn't get the credit he deserves but it's it's just a different uh different time scale it's hard to it's hard to follow one um i've ended up missing cards completely by accident sometimes and then having to watch the replays or having you know twitter spoilers happen um which is the curse of being an mma fan from the uk yeah but uh i mean mighty mouse has been great over there you know he's won the uh the flyweight grand prix and is now challenging for the title i just think if it becomes available or if they can work something out mighty mouse back to the ufc i think there's loads of fights there now which would benefit all involved i think he was so dominant for so long it's nearly good that he's taken us obviously not a sabbatical as but a sabbatical from the ufc yeah um which has allowed the division to move on like a Sohudo trilogy fight makes sense if uh joseph benavidez i think he's fighting formiga yes yeah which is a great fight which is a great fight for the title um you, you know you could do a another fight with Benavidez or if Formiga wins that's a brand new opponent um I just think there's options there um I think if he wins the flyweight championship in one which you know he's probably expected to um it would it would be a nice feather in his cap to come back to the UFC after going across the world conquering that division and coming back without losing a step true um ryan bader uh is going to defend his light heavyweight title uh, in bellator obviously so um who would you like to see that take place against Ooh. i mean the the problem bellator have is light heavyweight's thin yeah it is that's what i was going to say it's very thin i i'm not even sure who would be in line for a light heavyweight title fight fuck it just rerun machida for the crack why not He'd get absolutely mauled. Machida would, that is. Um, I don't. I can't even think of who is in line. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know who's in line technically, but you know, I mean, there, there's just not a great deal of guys there at light heavyweight. I mean, they, has, they still have like Alessio Sakara and. Oh God, no! I know, but this is what I'm saying. I know Melvin Manhoof. Well, he's retired know. now. I think after his last one. Manhoof. Yeah. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. And plus, after watching his last few fights, no thanks. There is the Fuck Russian it. dude. What Br- do you call him? Bring Rafael Lovato Jr. up to light heavyweight. He just needs to defend middleweight first. Uh, Vadim Nemkov, or however you pronounce his name, he could be yes a good shout beyond that. I don't know. I actually thought that he was looking particularly thick. At heavyweight, I uh, wasn't expecting him to see him back down at light heavyweight. I thought that would just be one of those ones where he relinquishes it and, and stays Especially up. with the success he was having. Yeah, um, and I thought they would have done the Czech-Congo rematch because that ended in weird circumstances. Like, I thought Bader was probably well on his way to, to winning that, but just because of the way it ended, it would have made sense to, to rebook it. Yeah. Um, so, Till said... Um, <laughs> Uh, the uh, the dog is snoring away there. Oh, he's a lovely boy, Gus the Bulldog. Um, Till said he's not fighting Hermanson, but a top guy instead. Um, I would have classified Hermanson as a top guy. No. Um. Yes, I think Hermanson 
has now been hurt by the cannon air fight. Well, yes, how that went, but his win, you know, his big wins over Jacare. Now it's David hard to say branch though too. It's hard, yeah, but I was to say it's hard. They've nearly been not discredited, but because of how bad they've yeah they since, look yes yeah they you know, look like, bad in hindsight instead of the other way around. Yeah, well, since they Hermansons beat them, what well, David Branch got he got tapped again and then popped for something. Yes, yeah, and, and then um, Jackeray went up and looked absolutely terrible against Blahowitz. So I don't know. I thought Till Hermanson made sense. Well, actually, no, it doesn't when you think about it because Gastelum. Yeah, you Till just beat Gastelum. Yeah, but the the logical fight is Romero. Would have been Romero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Till Romero, but because of Costa's injury and that whole reshuffle, I said, I don't know. I don't really know who you'd Till Cannonier would have made sense. Would have, but he's fighting obviously Robert Whitaker. Yeah, it's. T- I think Till's sort of the odd man out there because, I mean, Gaslam was so close to, to being the champion um, and, you know, Till beat him, so he's right in the mix, but everyone's sort of booked. You know, Till Whitaker would have made sense, Till Cannonier would have made sense, yep. and Till Romero. But, like I said, all those guys are, are booked up now, so... Just not going I don't really know who them. else there is. If he's talking about, you know, he's not fighting Hermanson and he's going to fight a top guy, well, Who? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely odd to me that uh, that that all the top guys are tied up and the fights that that should be happening aren't. Um, I would have thought that Romero would have made the most sense. Uh, I don't really like Romero getting a title shot, to be honest. Mm, I can understand why you wouldn't be, but. It's just money. I'm, I'm okay with it at the same time. I don't think there's a clear, a clear number one guy. Yeah, so you f- you get fights organized that will give you it, whether it is the the Cannoneer. Well, I think the, Whitaker, cl- the clear number one guy is Paulo Costa. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, but then you know you you just if you're out of Sanya, you you wait you wait for Costa. You know, like well, fi- I, I respect that. him fighting. You know, but but I, I just think, think that. Is well, I think Romero's a risky fight for anyone in the world. He is, but, you know, he had the perfect excuse to not fight him. So respect Adesanya, because for me, if I'm Adesanya, I'm going, nope. No. Nope. I'm not fighting you coming off, was it, th- uh, three losses in your last four fights? Absolutely so. not, sir. And his only win was over, in the last four fights, was over Rockhold. And again, what you said about um, uh, Hermanson here sort of applies, which is that, you know, a win, a flying KO win over Chris Weidman, you know, and a win over Luke Rockhold, they don't look great in hindsight now. You know, I mean, given what Weidman and Rockhold have gone on to do mm-hmm. since, you know? Yeah, but you could argue that, well, maybe not so much with Weidman, but definitely Rockhold was the, well, the beginning of the end of, of the career with, with what Romero did to him. Um, I yeah. think it's just because. I mean, we've spoken about it before. The, the two Whitaker fights were so close, and you could definitely argue that... You I know, think he won the second he won one. The, you know, you could argue definitely won the second one. There's maybe an argument for the first. I'd have to go back and, and re-watch it. Um, and people can argue that, you know, he beat Paulo Costa as well. So it's, it's three losses in this last four, like I said. Yes, technically are there, but they're all three of them 
are highly disputed. I, I do get what you're saying, but I hate that stance because that's... I, I, I'm not a fan of it either. You know, the, the, the history books say, you know, 1-1, one, one, lost 3. It's the same problem I had with, you know... The, um, I, like I had uh, Jose Aldo beating Marlon Moraes handily. Um, I had him two to one, but um, the problem then you have Dana White coming out and going, "I like the idea of Cejudo Aldo." You know, Cejudo likes that fight, and it's like I, I'm not really sure that you can do that. You know, it, you, well, I think you can't, been... it's not up to the UFC mm. to decide that. If you know what I mean, like if if the if you have a problem with the judging, get it fixed. You know, but you can't then just undermine them by going, oh, well, you know, technically he won, but we don't believe it, so we're not going to count it as a win. You know, you can't do that. Yeah, they fought and we're not accepting the, yeah, the outcome Yeah, anyway. like if, you, if, that, if what you're saying is the judges are wrong, well, then you need to address what everybody that, that listens casual or otherwise knows. There is a judging problem in MMA. I mean, how, do, for instance, how do you score a takedown? Do you score it if they get straight back up again, etc.? You know, like these are variables that are not consistent across the judges. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of boxing judges come in that I don't want to say don't know what they're looking at, but are maybe taking a more traditional boxing scoring approach to a sport yeah. that has many more facets than that. Um, I just think that you can't do that, and for that reason, I don't like this fight. I I think that on on merit. Yul Romero is there or thereabouts, and I, and I agree with that. I think a lot of it's to do with well, he turns forty three in April. We haven't got a date, so let's assume it's going to be April ish time at the earliest. He's not going to be around forever. They want to make the most of him. Um, he's also missed weight twice in his last three. Yeah, fights. That, I mean that's the thing as well. It just doesn't. It's, it's, a, it's an odd. It's an odd. It is an odd fight, but I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I'm excited! I'm for so it. excited for it. He's one of those fighters. Like it's nearly like. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. He's like he's just super exciting. Yeah, no, he is, and and he, to be honest, we'll obviously break it down close to the time, but he could 100 percent be a stylistic nightmare. But that's for the thing. Adesanya. He's a he's a threat to absolutely everyone. And I tell you what, if Adesanya can handle Romero. Like I, I mean, we've already. I mean, we, he, Adesanya was our fighter of the year last year. Yep. But if you can handle people like Yul Romero, you, you're getting close to to iconic status already. I mean, I think the the thing is, that, you know, people talk about um, because no one beats uh, the people who beat him scrape by. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Imagine Adesanya. Yeah, imagine Adesanya comes out and just pieces him up, puts him away with strikes. Like, I think that would nearly do more for Adesanya than, than any other victory he could possibly have at the minute. Do you know what I mean? If he beat, yeah, beat Whitaker again, yeah, okay. You know, he battered him the first time. If he beats Till, people will say, well, Till wasn't wasn't ready. You know, he only had one fight. Um, you could make... The, I, I don't know why people just don't seem on board with Cannoneer yet. He's legit. I always, he's absolutely legit, but I just think for, for building Adesanya's stock... At this moment in time, beating Yul Romero is the biggest push he could get. Oh, a hundred percent! Like it definitely. Even even if he beat Paulo Costa, I still think more people. Romero's been around longer, at the top longer. I think more people would put you know put value in that. Yeah, but I mean, the fight to make and which should have been made is of course Paulo Costa, but he's out with bicep injury. Wink, least, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. Uh, at least until the summertime i think i heard so i mean he should be next for whoever wins but i mean 
worst case, well, not worst case scenario, but if Romero beats Adesanya, you, I mean, you have a, a brilliant rematch to be had with Costa or or you do Adesanya again. Like, there's, sto- there's stuff, there's stories there to be had. 100%. Um, Thialgo Alves is going to test free agency as the UFC released him. Um, it's quite sad to see him go, although it's the right decision. Um, Thialgo Alves is someone that, that both of us you know grew up watching um well not grew up watching but you know in a, in, a in an mma career um and and it's it's a sort of changing of the old guard almost and you know what i like about this he's not one of those guys you're sad to go off and see in free agency in terms of he like he can still compete absolutely uh i would like to see him end up in pfl i was about to say the pfl seems to be the place to go i'm sure tiago alves has been uh, pretty well compensated for for his many years of first time loyal service um but like he's been in the ufc for what, 14 years that's crazy isn't it's it it's mental yeah Imagine so like when you say we grew up watching him kind of did kind of did uh he's one of my favorite fighters ever um you know his losses recently some have been competitive some have been you know pretty pretty hard to watch but I, I think he could do quite well outside of the UFC. He's, uh, this blows my mind. He's 36. That's insane. You would have thought he was 46. Yeah. Uh, he's been around that long. Um, Some of the best leg kicks in the business. Oh, absolutely love it. The, the beating he put on Josh Koscheck with the leg oh. kicks was outrageous. And I hated Josh Koscheck. Oh, everyone did. He was so good, though. Oh, he was really good. He was really good for his time. Yeah, I he think. had that, like... He's well, like he was GSP light. Yeah, he was at the peak of that sort of turning point where wrestling was everything in MMA. You know, like he didn't really have much of a game outside, outside of outside of wrestling. Like if you go back and watch Koscheck fights now, other than throwing the big overhand right, the stand up's pretty non existent. But uh Well, you could get away with it then. I wonder but, what he's up to now. Well he's in he got signed to Bellator and got smoked by someone some unknown, I, I believe. Like, I could be I could be entirely wrong and disrespectful to whoever no, beat him. No, I think that's right, because I remember that happening. But was that not a handful of years ago? Yeah, he, he has not been... Uh, because he's in his 40s now. Yeah, he's not been active at oh, all. Oh, good grief, that end run is... Yeah, so it was Mauricio Alonso, and it was in 2017. Yeah, I don't he know if he's... sparked out. Yeah, I don't know if he's officially retired, but... He should be. He probably should. His last run, split decision loss to Johnny Hendricks, knocked out by Robbie Lawler, knocked out by Taron Woodley, submitted by Jake Allenberger, submitted by Eric Silva, and then knocked out by Mauricio Alonso, who, with all due respect, I have not heard of you, Mr. Alonso. No, it's a a bad run, but... uh, But then, his run in the early days, like... Oh, he was... But that's what I mean. Great for his time. Tapped Anthony Johnson. Oh yeah, I remember that. Knocked out Matt Hughes. Well, the ghost of Matt Hughes. Yeah. No, I, I mean on that run to the the second GSP fight, he was he looked great. You know, like people thought. I remember at the time thought he was the answer. You know, the counter wrestling to GSP and just GSP showed even you know in the wrestling game that he was just he had adapted it far better for MMA. Um, but yeah, well, I hope he's retired. I wouldn't be interested in seeing Koscheck fight again, unlike uh, Thiago Alves. Um, he's training to be a 
the police officer as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, they talked about that in the UFC a handful of times, um, but I don't know if is he actually training for it because I think he is. I think I saw something on his Instagram the other day. Oh, okay, because I know that like the narrative. You know the way that the UFC like to run their little narrative where it's yeah, like yeah. you know. I suppose you don't really know what you know, like. That's very much outside of his fight life if you know what i mean so well it's so like blagoy ivanov you know the way like they can't mention him without being like he was stabbed in the heart um (laughs) it's yeah it's the same thing with with um alves is that they've said oh when he retires because the retirement's been on the cards for a while um you know about three fights now um they they keep saying that like oh he's going to train to be a police officer so it's it's great that he's he's finally going to do it and like what a terrible police officer imagine Getting caught shoplifting or something, and Thiago Alves shoots up to arrest you. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder, I wonder if he would ever throw one of those in the hell yeah against the crim. Yeah, well, why the fuck not? I suppose I'd um, like to see him in the PFL. I don't think there's much in Bellator for him, to be honest. I mean, that welterweight division is it's uh, too it, thick. It well, I don't know. It's thinning out. I think is the problem. Well, um, it is, but the problem like, is that you for have him to, to get a belt. But that's the thing, he's no chance of being the champion. But he might somewhere like the PFL. Well, yeah, but that's the thing, that tournament format. And uh, he's, he's the sort of guy that PFL like, you know, a bit of a name value, but not... Not, not super name? Yeah, not a superstar. Um, and I, I think we're seeing it more and more, like Rory McDonald just went over there, like the lure of that million dollars. Yep. Is uh, is pretty enticing. So, but sure, again, but same, you know, if you're going to go out, you may as well go out with a couple of fights for the chance at a million dollars. It's funny, isn't it, for Rory McDonald, how the Lord didn't want him to fight anymore, but the uh, one million dollars quickly brought him back, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing what money shadow makes it better. Correct. Um, Arnold Allen is to fight Nick Lentz at UFC Rally on January 25th after his fight with um, Gilbert Melendez, wasn't it? Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, you're right. He beat Gilbert Melendez, um, didn't he? Yes, um, yeah, so Josh Emmett dropped out due to injury, um, and Arnold Allen, yeah, he's a beast. Um, I think he is legit. So do I. I'm, I'm disappointed the, the Emmett fight didn't happen, because Emmett's Very. on a bit of a run. Um, Just off a Nick, Gilbert Melendez victory. The, yeah, they're very different fighters, Nick Lentz and uh, Josh Emmett. Well, Nick Lentz could make it ugly, you know. Well, all his fights are like that, really. Um I just think Arnold Allen, yeah. He's just better. He's a decision machine, but... Allen? Yeah, yeah. Did Allen not spark... Um, who was it? I thought he knocked someone out not that long ago. Nope. I know that his only record... only finish he has in the UFC is he tapped uh, Burnell. What do you call him? Oh, Mads Burnell, which yeah. is impressive in itself. Oh, yeah. like uh, is He <laughs> actually he submitted Allen Umer as well. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, but that was in 2015. Yeah. But um, Josh Emmett has that crazy one-punch power, which Nick Lentz definitely does not have. Yes, correct. If Lentz beats him, it'll be ugly. Um, it's a risky fight because Lentz is tricky for anyone. Like I said, it's such a stylistic change from the guy he was preparing for. Yeah. Um, uh, could that be the spanner in the works? Yeah, I, I hope not. Um, I think Arnold Allen is is good enough to get past him. He's still only twenty five. Um, He's had some legal trouble though, which is which has slowed his. I suppose in some ways it's a good way. We always talk about how sometimes he's only fought in the UK or Europe primarily for the UFC until his last fight because he yep. had 
visa issues or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he battered. So I'm nearly sure it was actually a woman. <laughs> well, uh, it was breaking up a street fight, and there's like a there's a load of different information about it, isn't there? Well, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is 100% factual, Alan was issued a five-month suspended sentence after he pled guilty to a fray for his role in a December 2016 brawl near Ipswich, which left a man and five women injured. As a result, Alan could face travel restrictions due to the conviction. So, That's a pretty good record. One man, five women. To be like, how yeah. many could... Well, maybe they were playing a game of like, yeah, how, how many women could attack you at once? <laughs> Five. Five. <laughs> yeah. Five is the limit. Yeah. And one man. And one I, man. Reckon, I reckon five, five and women man. and one man. Sounds, I reckon sounds I, could, about right, yeah. I could do that. Um, but, well, fought in Vegas in his last fight, so whatever issues he had with travel appear to be over, and he's obviously fighting in the US again this time. So maybe now's the time we, we sort of see that, that push towards the top. But like I said, he's 25. He's got time on his side. He hasn't taken any real mad damage that I can think of. Do you want me to get you going here? Um, the big vanilla gorilla that you love so much, Mr. Brock Lesnar, Ooh. teasing some pictures of being back on the wrestling mats. Uh, amateur wrestling, not professional wrestling. Um, I mean, I, I can see him coming back. The rumours are a, a swirling. Um, and, and the guy can still compete at that at the UFC level without doubt I mean I think there's some very good matchups for him uh, in in the UFC heavyweight division at the minute yeah and I think the UFC are looking for for big stars um, heavyweight's an odd odd old division um, it has got better over the years but it's still pretty thin Lesnar of course is getting older he's now well, he must be comfortably into his 40s but Give me Lesnar blades, please. Oh, Lesnar and Ganu. Oh, stop now. Stop. Lesnar Rosenstrike. No, nah, not as interested in that one. Um, purely just because Rosenstrike is so new to it that I feel like he would... Well, I mean, Brock's only got, what, six or seven MMA fights? I know, but Brock has a proven track record in... In the UFC, Rosenstreich. If you look at who Brock fought, you could do Overeem too. Overeem too. I'd be interested to see um, DC. Well, that was always the that was the big talk, wasn't was it? Talk, yeah. Well, we might. Well, as it well, wasn't even talk. I mean, the flipping got in the cage with each other. We might as well talk about this. There's a very small rumor circulating, but we we have not been able to prove it yet that uh, that Steve Miocic's eye injuries are not healing, and he may be forced to retire. Now we can't confirm that yet. However, if he cannot re- return, which would be awful, awful. Do you just do DC Lesnar for the belt? <sighs> well, from a promotional standpoint, yes. From, you know... Per Ngannou. Yeah, I was going to say, from a rankings perspective, no. Like, I, I think if Ngannou's... Or Ngannou, sorry. Uh, Miocic can't fight, then you wait for Rosenstrike Ngannou. And the winner of that fights DC sort of yeah. makes logical sense, but the rules of Brock Lesnar do not apply. It's like Connor; it's just he's just transcended yeah, he's, the sport he's almost. Outside it, um, I I mean, if Brock Lesnar picked up the phone to Dana White and said, "I want that heavyweight title fight, make it happen." I mean, is Dana really going to say no to that? No, he's going to make it happen. Exactly. So, um, Johnny Walker making his way to TriStar. Um, don't have a lot to add to that myself, other than great move. Um, I think 
are we though are we getting to the point where it's almost becoming like a meme with fighters yeah. going to TriStar? Right? Yeah, go like TriStar. struggling a bit, go to TriStar. You well, know? I think it says a lot about... Well, who else have TriStar got other than GSP? Rory McDonald. Who has had an iffy recently. What? I don't know. Well, I mean, you have to remember who's for the competition that he's facing, I suppose. But, you know, outside of... Um, I just don't think, you know... Uh, Nasrat Hakprast, who we're high on. Yep, he's up there. Uh, there was someone else went there recently. Kevin Lee. Yeah, went up there. Yeah, boo, um, boo. <laughs> I just Zahabi's such a great mind. I think a raw talent like Johnny Walker with a bit of refinement and you know structured game planning. That's, that could be I a just, scary combination. I just think a little bit like yes, they're great. And it would be my choice to go to if, if I were ever to become a, an MMA fighter. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's David Loazo, if you remember him. He's probably one of their better-known ones. Um, I'm just trying to look up and see who's there now. Prominent fighters. Um, Miguel Torres, George St-Pierre, Kenny Florian. Um, well, I think they were sort of a... Robert Whitaker? What? That can't be right. Oh, Olivier Aubin-Mercier. Yeah, I mean, lots of guys like have uh, maybe not like completely relocated there, but have definitely uh, you know done parts of their training camp there. There's just there's been lots of I think since GSP and Rory, they haven't had a real breakout top talent. You know, we've had a few guys come. I mean, a few guys come close. Um, who's been up there to train? Just looking at the list, Joanne Calderwood, one of your favorites, went there, reinvigorated her career. Yep. Um, Stevie Ray's been up there. Yeah. Elias Theodori, although I dislike <laughs> him immensely. Not as a person, as a fighter, <laughs> might, might I add. Uh, yeah, Nordin Taleb, who had a pretty good UFC run. Is he, I want to say he's still with the UFC. No, was he not like a was he not some sort of like secret agent? Bodyguard like, or something? Yeah, like, um, he's on a pretty like bad a John run. Wick type. Pretty bad run of losses, was he not? I mean, I, I I guess. I mean, they they have lots of middle guys at the minute. I think. But I suppose most gyms would would want to have Joe that. Duffy's up there. You know, like there's lots oh, of. Oh wow. No, but I'm saying there's lots of UFC level fighters yeah, there. They yeah. just don't have. I mean, but then how many gyms have a GSP really? I suppose he's still there. Apparently. Yeah. No, he still trains a lot. Apparently, um, um, trains every day. Um, but I think it's a good move for for Johnny Walker though. If you have anything else to add on that. No, just think. Look forward to seeing how he bounces back. Is he? Who was it? Battered him. Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson battered him. Who yeah. has anybody fucked up their chance to, to turn? No, fans not at all. More that, than that Corey Anderson. His, after yeah, that, that was his chance to. And people would have got behind him. A hundred percent. But he just, oh, just better. Oh, a hundred percent better. But it's uh, uh, like not Tyron Woodley levels of better, but. But I think better. the way he got on, I think, cost him a title fight. I think it was between him and Reyes, and the way he got on, the UFC were like, no, people, I think if people Corey, don't want to see that. If Corey Anderson had won one more fight, he'd have been a shoe-in for it. Well, he's fighting Blachowicz next, which is, I, I think, actually a pretty close fight, a pretty hard fight to pick, but it's like the week after Jones and Reyes, so I wouldn't be surprised if I the did. UFC have said, you know what, just keep an eye on if, if someone pulls out injured, because uh, you could be getting the call. Yeah, no. I've He's already fought Jan Blachowicz, sadly. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but he lost, didn't he? No, he beat him. Did he? Uh, it was 20, 2015. 
so it was a good while ago yeah oh, was it just a decision yeah hmm, interesting um Rose, uh, Rose Namunas, back uh, to fight Jessica Andrade. I've seen this fight get a lot of shit. I don't know why. Rose was winning that fight very handily until, obviously, she wasn't anymore when she got slammed on her head. Um, I, I think nine times out of ten, Rose wins this fight. Mm, nah, I wouldn't be that confident in it. Did you see the first part of the fight? I did. I just... But Andrade still has that explosiveness, which she does. Could happen. I'm just not mad about this fight. Like her career has taken a weird sort of very stagnant turn. You know, she's only fighting once a year. And I think I was saying to this, we were texting back and forth about when this was announced. It's not that I dislike this fight. It's just that she will have only fought f- by the time this fight happens four times in the last three years, and it'll have only been against two people. You know. Two sets of rematches. But to be I fair, would like that's to the UFC's fault. It, it, well, it is. It's partly their fault for matchmaking, and it's her inactivity, whether that's down to, you know, the mental health issues she was talking about or just, you know, nursing injuries. That's that's fair enough. Um, I just, I would maybe like to see her fight someone else. But as a side note, I also think it's bullshit that you want on J Checks getting a title shot. Hmm. Yeah, well, who who would you have before Suarez? I know she's injured at the moment. Well, that's the thing. You she's, wait, yeah, she's, but she's you not wait. There. You know, Suarez will be there. I'm sure in a few months, and if not, you know, you you rerun Andrade Namunis and do it. I just th- the UFC clearly love them some Joanna. That's what I was going to um, say, and that's the problem. I'm I'm kind of sick of of feeling like this as a UFC fan. Um, with the same th- it's like that Yul Romero syndrome. It's part of the appeal of the UFC for me is that you're supposed to see the fights, you know, the fights that are supposed to happen. Well, you could argue that over the last well year more that the they've really gone away from that model. Like when you start looking at things like creating BMF titles and Correct. all that sort of jazz, is it really about? I mean, we we're just talking about the possibility of Brock Lesnar fighting, you know, and we we're talking about Romero. Is it really about? you know like a f- formulaic system where the, the top contender fights all the time or is it you know a mix of popularity well I suppose it would be in those cases it's mainly popularity which trumps actual it's hard to say trump's skill level especially when you're talking about romero because yeah, obviously yeah, he's, yeah. he's elite but no, like, i get that but resume um i just don't really know who who's in you know who who you would put in ahead i i would agree that uh i thought tatiana Suarez was bigger than that no no she's straw weight is she yeah um but she's huge straw weight <laughs> yeah um i don't really know who else there is sort of the people you know who've been challenging over the last couple of years have all you know, had either had bad runs or coming off losses like Andrade. You can't have, you know, she just got battered, lost the title. You can't put her in. Gadelia's not. No, she, she's been on a bad run. Yeah, she's been patchy. She's fighting Grasso this weekend. Yeah, but we'll talk about fight. that. Yep. Um, Rose. <sighs> you could maybe argue, but I don't like putting fighters in off losses, you know, and how she lost that title fight, but. If you're given Romero title shots, then you could argue that Rose was the cha- you know was winning that fight up until 
yeah the slam so her carolina's dropped off michelle waterson's just got beat she got battered she did get battered so joanna sort of yeah, by default, but it's by just de- bullshit by default, yes. because it, what, we all know what's really happening. It's just the UFC playing favourites, and that's what annoys me about it. But so yeah. I think in their perfect world, they have Joanna winning it. And, and then, then you it, set up the Rose trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is their plan. But And I think that's what will happen, but the problem is if Rose and Andrade go, you know, and, and Rose wins... there's If Rose beats Andrade, she's getting a title fight next. Yes, but I'd also wouldn't hate seeing the trilogy for that, but there's no need for it because they'll yeah, need someone I mean, to fight there, there wouldn't be. But then Rose will batter Joanna again, and then we'll see. Well, <laughs> well I, I don't know. Like, uh, No, I think she would, but I think the funny thing about that is could you imagine a world where Joanna beats... I guess you, let's say Joanna wins the title, Andrade and Rose fight again. Yep. Rose wins, fights Joanna gets the belt back and then Andrade challenges for the belt again it would literally have yeah. just come like completely like full circle yeah but Rose will only fight Andrade and Joanna for the rest of time <laughs> just when they're 45 yep. just the it's yeah Joanna and Rose 15 best of 20 yeah. series yeah so uh, Pettis um is going to be Anthony Pettis that is not Sergio um by the way Sergio Pettis literally is just like a little mini Pettis, isn't he? Yeah. He's like a little tiny version of Pettis. I know it seems us. obvious because they're brothers, but, yeah, like, but they're, so they're so alike. Yeah, like the tattoos, the facial hair, like the complexion, everything. Yeah, everything is the exact same. He's just like a shrunk version. So um, Pettis is going to sue or is in the proceeds of suing USADA. Uh, he cut his hand before, was it the Nate Diaz fight? Yeah, on a on a, Basically on a piss cup that they wanted him to test in. Um, it's pretty aggressive pissing to smash a ball so someone on reddit saying they were like i wouldn't put my dick anywhere near a cup that i just cut my hand on you're like that is, that's a very valid yeah, point piss into this cheese grater yeah <laughs> accidental uh, circumcision um Oof. i know could you i wonder i wonder how many times in Someone's the world accidentally accidental circumcised yeah ac- well brett, brett uh, bryce mitchell well, that's true he probably near dead didn't he but then um, I, I suppose getting caught in the zipper there's bound to be oh yeah or, so, or like i'm sorry we're going to have to remove your foreskin from that yeah know, like, like yeah that. you're you're properly mashed into that zip isn't it crazy oh jesus mashed <laughs> into the zip that's the worst phrase <laughs> i've ever heard well like you'd just be like just like numb it and cut it off rather than trying to like pull the zip it's down like that scene in um there's something about mary oh yeah exactly oh yeah exactly like that <laughs> oh i've got really bad hiccups anxiety not good anxiety hiccups (laughs) thinking about it isn't it weird though like talking about zips uh how many things that we like take for granted that are like super dangerous like going to the toilet (laughs) it's kind of like i mean like every bloke has at least nipped every bloke's at least nipped it oh yeah at one point yeah at least once every bloke's had that experience we go fuck that was close absolutely terrible It, it is terrible Ooh. You know, and, I, and I'll give you one better shiver. Yeah, right. But this is the thing. Like, think of how many everyday things you do that are just so inherently massively dangerous and you just take it for granted. Yeah. Crossing the road, driving yeah. a car. That's the thing as well. Driving a car, yeah. We're just driving around in metal boxes. But people think that flying is dangerous. Miles an hour. You're yeah. like, yeah, statistically it's not compared to, to driving. But no, you don't think, tw- most people don't think twice about getting in a car. 
No. Or putting their zip up after taking a leak. Familiarity. Absolutely. And but this is why I'm a fan of the button fly, my friend. Real oh, see, I don't like a button I fly. I hate a button fly really. It's you can accidentally just pop a cock out there. Yeah, but the anxiety is reduced. The toilet anxiety. I don't, I, I don't have I'm not gonna lie, like I'm I'm well aware of the dangers of, <laughs> of, of the z- traditional zip. This is a public safety announcement brought to you by Super Rad <laughs> MMA. Yeah. But I, I still wouldn't uh I still wouldn't trade it for the for the buttons. I, I'm not a fan of the buttons. It is annoying because it, you know it feels a bit like you know, babies wearing a onesie. It's like an extra step, you know. Like it's like when when you're wearing a onesie, it's a difficult thing to go to the toilet. Yeah, and it feels like that, like a button fly. You're like you just want to something that's just just unzip and get yeah, it out, get an, it done it's over. An, it's an ease thing, but like it's the you're playing with fire for that ease. Absolutely, but it's that. It's a dangerous game. I mean, how many times you whap a zip up and down, but it only takes one. But see, that's it. It only takes it one. It literally only takes one. Sounds like a... a uh, like a car, car crash, crash advert. advert, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It only takes one. Be safe when you're pissing out there, kids. Um, Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira set the headline UFC Brasilia Love in the March. Fight. hate that. Well, it's not that I hate that fight. I just don't like Kevin Lee. Um, I also think that Kevin Lee doesn't have... I, ju- I just think that Charles Oliveira has an advantage, a slight advantage everywhere. I think his mm. striking slightly cleaner. He, br- he probably, will, granted, won't have quite as much pop as, as Kevin Lee, but I think that he's going to be happy enough to sit down his punches and let Kevin Lee take him down. I think... I like Kevin Lee's stand-up. I think it's underrated. Um, be, I agree that... You'd be basing o- that a little bit on the Gillespie fight, though. A little bit, um, you know. There's a bit of recency bias there. Um, I think he's handled more dangerous strikers than Oliveira, um, like Barbosa. Yep. Um, oh, by the way, he's dropping the featherweight. Yeah. If he can, if he can make featherweight, look out because did we not talk about this last week? Did we? I thought we talked about this in the podcast with Andy, but maybe I've made this up. Could have done. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard, we have the uh, yearly award show where he teamed up with our friends over at Not Another Fightcast, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, then, yeah, you can go listen to me. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. Then. Talk about it again, though, because they're not like... Oh, no, no, it's just in passing. I just think the thought of if Barbosa can healthily get down, I don't, one, I don't know how he does it, but uh, get healthily down to 145, he could be an absolute beast. He could also quite, hold the belt. Yeah, because that's quite a striker-heavy division. Very um, striker-heavy. But, uh, yeah, going back to this fight, I you know, I think Barbosa's more of a threat on the feet than Oliveira, and Kevin Lee handled that. Now, I think you're right. With the submission threat, um, obviously, Oliveira carries a bit more. Um, a bit? Well, yeah, I'm being... A bit. I'm underrating that. I just, it's, I, I don't know. I think Oliviera should be fighting at featherweight, and Kevin Lee is a massive lightweight. I yeah, mean, but he's just not cutting weight. You know <laughs> that that matters. It does matter. I just think that now we haven't seen enough evidence. He looked great against Gillespie, and it, based off that, he could have turned a corner going up the TriStar. We will see, but I just I really love this fight. I think it, it makes sense. Um, it's a good fight. Yeah, um, if the UFC are insisting that Oliveira hangs around at lightweight rather than featherweight, this this is the appropriate step up in competition for him. 
Alexander Volkanovsky um, says he is not actually sold on a max holiday. Uh, max holiday. Um, <laughs> maximum holiday. Maximum holiday. Um, that's what I'm going to start calling him now. Maximum holiday. Um, he's not keen on him receiving an automatic rematch. He basically said, in summary, and uh, I'll paraphrase, he said, uh, I rewatched the fight. It wasn't as close as I thought. I disagree with that, I think. I think it was a close fight. But we, I agree we were talking with him before, not getting a rematch if yeah, he doesn't want to. Yeah, before we started recording, we were talking about it, and like, you can't, I can't make a case for Holloway winning that fight. Yes, a round or two, which yep. would make, you know, if you give him two rounds, a three round or two is a close fight. Yep. But uh, I think Volkanovski clearly, I was about to say comfortably, but it's not comfortable. He clearly won that fight. Um and I, I watched that interview and he talked a lot of sense saying he that did. there isn't a clear number one contender and I would agree with that there's a bunch of them sort of in and around and I think he's out with a with a broken hand and he was suggesting you know they have to fight each other to, to make the the position at the top of the division clear and I would agree with that there's uh, Brian Ortega still floating around yep if he comes back a Korean zombie who's I um, think he's next in line well he could be uh, Max Holloway, you know, uh, there's there's a few guys there, um, and it sort of makes sense to to just have them fight each other, just round robin it. Um, yeah. If they booked an immediate rematch, I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, I think Holloway's he deserves it. He's had a, yeah, yeah, he's had a good enough run at featherweight to to justify an immediate rematch, and because it was a close fight, but I I don't think. It was so close that it, you know, it warrants, you know, it has, it demands an immediate rematch. I just, it wasn't that close. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Especially like I just said, because Volkanovski's on the shelf for a while anyway. You may as well work, work it out amongst yourself, fellas. So, um, last piece of news before we move on to EFC two forty six. Um, Dylan Danis says that uh, he's going to own the full company, bragging in regards to the amount of sway he has in Bellator MMA. This guy is a grade A dick. Dick, they're a dick, they're a dick of the day. Dick of the day. That he is. He's just... He's not even interesting anymore. It's just... I, like outrageous and ridiculous but that's kind of the point isn't it well it's we're like, talking about him yeah we're just we're falling into the trap like he's clearly just creating this personality so that it essentially invokes this reaction so in a way he's very successful i just really don't like him as a person i find him really unlikable um and i i think that he has a lot of nerve to get on the way he gets on when he really can't fight. I think he can fight, but it's no. It's, he can grapple. It's a similar thing. Well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen. It's that. It's like we were talking about MVP. He's fighting bin man. He's fighting bin man. He he needs to. If you're that good and you're making these outrageous claims, it's not unreasonable that you take a quicker route to the top. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who that. Like he's fighting Keegan G- Genrich, Dernrich, Genrich. He's one I, have, I can see getting sparked out. He's just that dangerous a grappler, though. That's the thing. It's oh, like 100%. You, be, you better be ready World to class. watch that Imanari roll and entangle your legs up real quick. Yeah, but I can still see him getting sparked out by someone on his way up. You know, 
as in just a guy with MMA experience. He's another weird one uh, in that he's... Uh, Bellator aren't having him fight in their traditional weight classes. He always seems to be fighting a catchweight to 175. Why is that, do you think? I don't understand. I just don't, I don't get it. I, I wonder how much of a draw he actually is. <sighs> you wouldn't have thought that big. Yeah, because, like, other than... If you're a keen grappling enthusiast, you'll know him from, obviously, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world. But that's a very closed-off society. You know, there's not a lot of mainstream crossover. So if you don't know him from that, do you literally know him from talking shit on Twitter? He seems to be going back and forth with, what do you call those twat brothers from YouTube? The Pauls? The Pauls, yeah. He seems to be going back and forth with them for some reason about boxing them or something. It's just Which a- I think he'd get killed. Uh, Even though, like, I don't think either of the polls are particularly good boxers. I don't. I'd still bet. Well, as I say, bet my house on Danis to outbox them. But I don't even. But this thing, I don't even know how good his striking striker is. is. Terrible looking, but we don't even know though. But that's the thing. Well, you do. I mean, obviously, you've seen it in his MMA fights. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's never been. It's never been on the feet that long. True. Like we've had two fights, a combined round, against yeah. nobodies. Um, I just so you know him from there, or you know him from being the guy in Connor's entourage. Essentially, I think that's where most people know him. And the problem for, with with that for Bellator is that they can't really use that. You know, because like if if say he say Dallas were in the UFC, they could use the footage of him and Connor, and you know, footage from. It seems odd that he went to Bellator because if you look at no, obviously. Very different MMA careers. Artem Lobov, you know, definitely That's different. Yeah, but he definitely got a longer push in the UFC than than he would have if he was a new way. Yeah, but he actually Connor. was a fighter. Yeah, but I mean, Danis is a pro who is two and zero at this point. Um, and what's whether- his amateur record? Hmm? What's his amateur record? I don't think he has an amateur record. Right, so he did. So he's not actually. He's, no, no, but he's he's, he's a jiu-jitsu guy. No, but he is. Yeah, but he's one of these guys who was so high level in their fields that they yeah, he was able to step in. Yeah, I get yeah. that. So like, it wouldn't be you know, wouldn't be unreasonable to get him into the UFC considering who he is, his combat sports background. Um, like, see, I think it would have been. I think you'd be you'd probably UFC would, probably be, take a guy with no fights. Well, that's the thing. If, see, if it was now, if he had had those fights outside of Bellator, I think he'd be in the UFC. But yeah, because he's had his first two fights in Bellator, he isn't going anywhere. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, it just he could be really good, but he's just such an unlike likable personality, and like the getting involved with the friggin' polls or whatever on YouTube beef just makes that even more apparent apparent and cringy and i just hate all like the the instagram posts and ah. he's a muppet but this is the thing like we like we know it's designed for you not to like it so i'm kind of now hesitant to hate him that much because that's what he's going for i don't think it is oh i think it is i don't think it is trying to play i think he's trying to be connor but it just comes off wrong but connor is a villain to lots of people even on the way even at the peak of his popularity no he became a villain due to some of his actions well i think i think also the way he was he reminded connor this is um reminded me of uh 
Stone Cold Steve Austin in that what he was saying and doing before the peak of his popularity was traditional heel work. You know, he yeah. was the bad guy. Yeah. But because he was winning and backing it up, people got on board with it. And, you know, and then obviously his popularity skyrocketed and that works the same for Connor. I think if Connor had been talking the shit he was at the time and losing, and, and you're seeing it now, and like that's why the backlash was so bad after the Habib fight. Because when you talk like that and you don't win, you look a complete dick. However, Dennis looks a complete dick because he's talking that game fighting bin men. Yep. And I think that's the least likable thing about him. But it's just, it's another one. It's shit or get off the pot. You know, if you're talking this game, yeah. fight better guys. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Thank you very much so far for staying tuned. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can check us out over at iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Podcast Addict and Podbean, uh, apps like that on Android. You can find us on Twitter at Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MMA. You can email us any questions if there's anything you want us to answer or topics you'd like us to take on at palookamedia at gmail.com. Uh, and as well as that, we, of course, have the Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash MMA. So please, if you wish to, uh, to support the channel, the biggest thing you can do, and it's free, is uh, to share with your friends, tag your MMA lovers, etc. Um, and that is MMA loving friends, not people who are lovers who are MMA. Um, so yes, please uh, keep uh, in touch with us if there's anything you want and uh, anything you need and peace. So on to UFC 246. So UFC 246 obviously happening this weekend. Uh, the main event, which we will get to shortly, is uh, Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone. We're not going to go into the early prelims. Um, and there's a couple of fights worth noting, I think, in the uh, the prelims. So um, I c- there's three fights, I think, that we should talk about. Um, one is Drew Dober versus Nasrat Hakparast. Um, we have been going on... Not that we discovered him in any way, shape, we, or we've form. Been, we've been early but we've on been, him. We've been on the Hackparast hype train for for a long time now. I think the fight that we watched where we were like, whew, was his loss against Marcin Held, which ironically was um, on, well, sort of ironically, on the Saruni Till card, so Saruni was on it. Mm. Um, but we, th- I think we thought that he won that. Can't remember it's that long ago, but I think he looked impressive regardless of the result. And then ever since, he's looked uh, he's looked pretty good. Um, real sharp Muay Thai fighter um, and super young. You know, has, from TriStar. Yep, has it all. Mini Gastelum. He definitely does look like a tiny Gastelum. We see, say he's a tiny Gastelum. He's five ten, so he's actually I think taller than Gastelum. Well, fair enough. Didn't know. Yeah, I, see, I suppose Gaslam's like what, like five eight or something ridiculous, isn't he? But he's also like five foot eight wide. Uh, he's one point seven five meters, which we don't mess with metric here. He's five foot nine, so Hackprost is actually like, yeah. taller. Well, let's say he's the slimmer. Yeah, Gastelum. he's a skinny Gaslam. Skinny Gaslam. He's if Gaslam went all intermittent fasting and keto, bra. Yeah, um, Drew Dober's a test. It's a big test. Uh, he looked great in his last fight. He uh, did. Polo Reyes. Um, I think this is this is hard to call. Uh, I have picked Hackparast by decision. I think he can, if he manages to stay on the outside, he can he can piece him up. Dober obviously has the better wrestling and I would say submission threat. But I haven't seen too much of Hackparast on the ground at no. all. Um, but you'd assume training at TriStar, he's got a pretty decent, at least defensive game. Um, 
So, I mean, this is a real test of Hackbrass take down defence more than anything, I think. Uh, and if he can keep it upright, he has a clear advantage um, if he keeps it on the outside. Yeah, um, I think he will. I think Hackbrass does have the tools to do it. Yeah. I really do. Um, I, I think I agreed probably a decision. Drew Dober has the largest, squarest jaw. He looks oh, like ridiculous. He looks like Stan Smith from American Dad. Yes, he does. He actually does. That's exactly who he looks like. Um, like that is some jaw. It's a massive jaw. Um, it's good luck knocking that guy out. Andre Feely uh, back again. Touchy Feely, which is a hilarious nickname. Do you see his? I know he got it a while ago, but I only saw this fairly recently. He's got a life like it's an absolutely amazingly well done tattoo of Uriah Faber. Which really? is kind of weird. That's bizarre. I yeah, mean, I know he's his coach, but yeah, I'm gonna because he, he was saying it's like it's not just a, a you know a tribute to him; it's a tribute to the whole gym, which helped you know form him as a as a man and a fighter. And you know, like it's it's a cool reason, but it's just kind of weird. It'd be like me or you getting, I don't know, Mike or jujitsu coach a lifelike portrait of him, just like on your chest or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that would be like us having our, our wonderful Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach tattooed on us. But um, as much as I, I love Mike, I don't think I would I would do that. No? No. What would you? I don't know. He's a handsome, Mike, Mike he's a handsome chap. He is, but I might get the, the logo or something tattooed at some stage. No way, man. you got to be fully committed to the gym. you got to have the head coach portrait. It is That's, an amazing tattoo. Isn't it? Like, it's so well done. It's just really weird yeah it's a particularly odd picture of him too yeah sort of screaming Looks well that's like that's sorta, the f- i'm just showing you here that's the photo it's based off I, so. li- I like to think it's his, it's actually his vinegar strokes <laughs> that's him just about to <laughs> blow a wall yeah it, well there is a bit of no well no he's just after or that's like per, during <laughs> yeah it's like that's a, just after that's that's not even vinegar strokes that is expulsion <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's a really well done tattoo. It's just f- weird. Um, poor Andre Philly is going to get sparked, and it's going to happen early in the first round. Yes, I I agree with that. Um, Yusuf just has He's crazy, crazy bar, crazy bar, crazy bar, uh, and Philly does get hit. Uh, quite a bit. He looked absolutely great though against Shaman Marais, who has no slouch. Do you know they cut him? UFC cut Shaman Marais. That's crazy because he was exciting. Yeah, but I think he like he's very well rounded, but he just I suppose doesn't have the the drawing power. Maybe I don't know, but you could see him being a success somewhere else. But uh, Andre Fili is actually in a bit of a career renaissance, um, so to speak. He's only lost once in his last uh, five, and that was a split decision to Michael Johnson. So, you know, Michael Johnson's no slouch with the the punching power either. Um, I feel like I might be underrating Andre Feely going into this a bit, but my gut is telling me that uh, Sudik Yusuf knocks him out early. Like he just, he's looked pretty, pretty darn good since his uh, since his debut. He was a contender series guy, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, it's it's a weird one. Like, I mean, I mean, the experience is definitely on. Feely side, like he's got more than double the amount of fights. He's. I don't think he's not. 
he's rangy. He's sort of a lanky guy. He's good threat on the ground. His striking's definitely got a lot better. He's just... I'm trying to think. Has he been stopped by strikes before? Let's see his record. Uh, Yair Rodriguez knocked him out with a head kick. But in fairness, that was, what, four years ago. He's lost decisions to, you know, guys I would deem as... as pretty credible strikers and Michael Johnson well he's and Calvin Guitar who's a great boxer um Johnson I would say is probably the most similar fighter to Yusuf would just who's faced sort of maybe Johnson's a more refined striker than Yusuf I was about to say but he does he have the same one punch power but does Johnson I, have the same one, one punch power no sort of a bit of a myth no not a myth that Johnson is this killer but it just comes from the Habib fights because he's the only person to really sort of put Habib in any kind of trouble on his feet and then sort of spawns from that I mean obviously he's had KO wins but that's where I think that comes from yeah um, I ju- yeah I just think Yusuf you know will catch him and will catch him early I think he's athletic enough and explosive enough to you know get inside the, the range early and hit him with something big but like I said that's my feeling first round knockout but I feel like I could be you know underrating Andre Feely at my own peril here yeah um, it is possible I mean he's had some good wins but I just I just don't see him finding a way to win I just don't no um, UFC 246 uh, women's flyweight fight happening against Roxanne Modafferi and Macy Barber Here's one for you. This is a passing of the torch moment. Here's one for you. Yep. I think Modafferi's going to win. Very possible. By decision. Yeah. So there you go. She is a threat on the ground. I just think physicality is going to be the big difference here. I'm actually going Barber and I'm going for a late uh, stoppage. Stoppage, yeah. She's not going to tap her. Modafferi should be leaps and bounds ahead especially with a grappling defense now not to say you could get clipped and then tapped you know because you're obviously you're not entirely with it but i just i think i think the ufc are really putting value in macy barber and i don't think they're going to give her anybody at the minute who is gonna not cause her too much problems because roxanne modafferi is uh she's about as close as we have to a grizzly veteran in the women's division sort of been around forever um i just i mean the bat nods are ridiculous on this um and i think if you're up for a punt modifery by decision yep is definitely worth it um but be prepared to lose your money <laughs> as well i just think yeah explosiveness macy barber I think she's going to knock it, and, you know, knock her out or ground and pound or something. I think she'll get rid of her. However, I think Modafferi's, you know, veteran toughness will will get her through to the the later rounds. It's either going to happen ridiculously early or late. Um, be interesting to see how uh, Barber fares if you take her into the later rounds because I don't think she really has been yet. No, not sort of really. Gets the job done early. Um, but yeah, I think the UFC are trying to build Macy Barber into being uh, being a big star down the line. And she could be. So oh, yeah, she absolutely could be. Uh, she's strawweight as well. Yep. Yeah. No flyweight. Flyweight. 
Um, Flyweight. She's also young too. Oh, yeah, she's like twenty-one or something ridiculous. Um, so who's the champion of? Is that Shevchenko? Yes. No, it's not. Of strawweight or of flyweight? It yeah. is. Is it not? No, she's above. I'm getting confused. Who's the you? Why am I having an absolute? It's been Caitlin. No, it is. Yeah, flyweight Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, she's the champ. Okay. Zhang yeah. Wiley. Yeah, uh, oh no, yeah, I was getting completely confused. You know what this is? It's just been too big a gap between UFCs. I'm just out of the swing of it. Um, Forgetting your weight classes, bro. Exactly. Um, obviously, Barber's not ready to fight the Shevchenkos of this world, but I think they're, you know, they're running out of people for Shevchenko to, oh, to, big to essentially go through. Um, and if you've someone like Macy Barber on the way up, you know, you keep her sweet, keep progressing, you know, you're looking maybe end of the year or next year as a, as a title challenger but I think yeah. the UFC know what they've got there uh, and they're not going to risk it too much in the matchmaking department so under the main card um, we're going to rattle through these quite quickly because obviously the main talking point today is probably going to end up being Cerrone and Cowboy of course um, lightweight fight between Anthony Pettis and Carlos Diego Ferreria um, I think Ferreria is going to upset Pettis Pettis is, he's just had a really weird he had a weird career. Yeah, ever since you know, like, ever since he was the champion, it's been mad and consistent. Sometimes he looks great, and other times it just falls apart. Um, I think you will see Anthony Pettis in Bellator. Yep. Probably uh, depends how many fights he's got left in his contract, but I would I would say, especially with his brother jumping ship, I think it'd be a good move for him because is Pettis really going to get? back to the top of as we say any division he's competed in which literally goes anything from 145 to, to 170, 170 yeah. um in the nate diaz fight was a great fight but he ended up taking a bit of a beating um before that obviously one of our contenders for knockout of the year last year with a superman punch over wonder boy but i mean he was getting paced up by wonder boy before that um before that had that crazy fight with with tony ferguson he's taken a He's taken a good bit of damage yeah. over the last years, and he's made some crazy weight cuts. Like how he got the forty-five is beyond me. Did actually? I don't even think he did. He make weight for the forty-five. Not that it matters. Um, but he's just he's taken some bad losses. Uh, he sort of alternated wins and losses. This is a very risky fight for for Pettis. Um, yeah, I think this. I think Diego Ferreira is. Legit, yeah, I think he, of course he's legit. Um, his record's great. He's on a like a ridiculously good run. <sighs> I think this is uh, the problem for Pettis is if he loses here, and I'm I'm picking him to lose a decision, is that uh, Ferreira is not a well known or big name amongst the fans. And yeah. uh, one thing you can say about Pettis is that for the last however many years he's always fought really either really well-known guys or really high-profile guys yeah he stayed relevant yeah and i just think this uh, yeah he somehow managed to stay relevant despite the amount of losses he's had in the last yep. several years and some of them have been really bad um but i just think this is the i think we've, we're already in the beginning of the end for for pettis and his ufc run um, but I think this this could speed it up. I think 
there is the potential that he just gets uh, it's hard to say he gets outclassed anywhere because one Pettis is a threat on the ground I think he's underrated oh he's very underrated on the ground um, and obviously we know you, you run out of superlatives to talk about his stand up toughness does he have the grit still to like push through to get you know he's already been to the top he's defended the title like we said I can't see a path for him to a title in any of those divisions no uh, I just think he's he's been around forever as well um, I think a change of scenery could do him good. Like I could see him thriving in a in a promotion like a Bellator or a P- yeah. or the PFL. Something where there's a little more pressure and he can, or a little less pressure and he can less. Sort of relax into it a bit. Yeah, well, just well, he's faced a non-stop wave of killers for literally. Like I'm looking at his record. Uh, I mean, ever since 2010, we're on his run to the the WEC title you know for the last 10 years he has fought nothing but the best like Ben Henderson a a bunch of times beat him beat Gilbert Melendez beat Donald Cerrone beat Jeremy Stevens and then you know beat Charles Oliveira Jim Miller Chiesa and then Wonderboy but the guys he's fought as well you know RDA Barboza Alvarez Holloway Poirier Diaz and Ferguson like that is a that is a murderer's row he's been through yep um I just think maybe, and he's still a young guy. He's only what thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, he could easily be a threat to any. I don't know what division's best for him. I think lightweight is his best division. Yes, probably. Um, and I think he could definitely be a threat to any top lightweight outside of the UFC. Is and he and too including. big for lightweight, or was it a discipline thing? Do you think? I don't know because he didn't look particular. He looked quite small against, against Wallet Webb. Wonderboy, yeah, but, but Wonderboy's Wonder a big welterweight. Is, that is true, but he didn't look like he looked a bit soft against Wonderboy. Like I'm looking at it, that's that's it. I'm just showing a picture here. That's a picture of him at lightweight. That to me looks like a healthy human. Uh, yeah, like that's where he should be fighting. He definitely can't fight featherweight. No, no, he's too big for that for sure. Um, but he's a guy. If you, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight a welterweight again in. Bellator. Imagine a, 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 a Venom Page Pettis welterweight oh, fight. Oh yes, please give me that. Yeah, like that's a great fight. That's the sort of things I think. If you're him or you're advising him now, that's what you're looking at because he's going to come up against. Well, he is coming up against guys like this, Diego Ferreira, who are looking to build, you know, their name, their their status, and uh, they're fighting a former champion, a guy who's a guy. He's fighting a guy who's coming off fighting Nate Diaz. Like, how many eyes were on that? Yeah. So, like, that's who you're associated with. And that, you know, does he have the fire to, you know, push against the, the up-and-coming guys who, who will want to take him out? Um, I just don't have a good feeling about this one. Um, and I think Ferreira will take a gritty decision. I, I just have a feeling this is going to be, like, a real bloody fight. Pettis loves to get bloody, doesn't he? He does. He very much does. Um, the only thing is, I'm saying up and comer. Diego Ferrer's 35. I was going to say he's, like he's, he's not, older than. Yeah, he's not Pettis. young, but 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 he's on a an upward trajectory. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like Pettis is definitely he's gone from being someone that casuals wouldn't know to someone that maybe a casual may have gone. Away. Yeah, I might have seen him. Oh, fight, he's you know you know Ferrer's still on the up, and Pettis is very much. He's not even working on getting to the top. He's just sort of maintaining his position and I don't even know where you would say his position is 
because he's probably not well, I don't think he'd be ranked in any division currently I wouldn't have thought so no um, next fight uh, which is one that I'm pretty intrigued by uh, Claudia, Claudia Gadelia fighting Alexa Grasso um, I think that I favour Grasso on this uh, Gadelia's been inconsistent at best I'm like Grasso who was it I remember was it Kovalkiewicz she beat not that long ago well, yes, actually, hold on. Yeah, no, she did. Hang on, it was in. Yeah, and I, of course, remember that as I am a massive Carolina fan. Um, I, ju- I just think that Cadelia. I don't know if people have figured her out or if... I think if you look at Grasso's last fight against Carla Sparza, which she lost, mm-hmm. I think Claudia Gadelia is a better, is a better version of a Sparza. I think... Like, I mean, we can say Gadelia's been a bit spotty she hasn't she hasn't looked great but she's been alternating wins and losses including a win over Carlos Sparza. Um, yeah she lost a decision to Jessica Andrade no shame there nope um, and the Nina Asaroff fight which I think I can't remember it very well but I think it was fairly close so you know no one's blowing her away um, yep I think you know obviously physically for uh, for that division, big strong, she's I think she's like a first or second degree black belt in the ground now as well, which is crazy, isn't it? It's under um, Andre Preneras as well. I think. Yeah, she's a second degree. Yeah, uh, um, so I just it's she's another one. If we're talking about hunger to get back to the top, you know, does Gadelia have it? Because Grasso, you know. Gadelia has the name value, um, and I suppose in that division, she's she's one of the more well-known fighters. And Alexa could, you know, you definitely mark her out as an opponent that a win over her will vault you right to the top. Yeah. Um, I just think that Gadelia has has too much for. Her. Fair enough. Um, I think that it will be the other way round. Um, it's it's just a gut thing. Speaking um, of guts, does. Claudia Gadelia have the best abs in MMA. Oh, she is jacked. <laughs> She's jacked. Absolutely jacked. It's ridiculous. Um, not my type, though, when it comes to body types on the, the ladies. You I don't like the buff ladies? Don't like them so jacked. Um, she looks a bit Justin Bieberish. She does look... A, yeah, I know what you mean by that. I can, I can sort of see that. Next up... Um, I'm actually really curious about the odds in this one. Alexi Olenek fighting Maurice Green. Um, I think that Olenek... I th- to be honest, I think he Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's him. Yeah, the uh, the odds makers have this as uh, a pick'em fight. It's never a pick'em. Olenek has this all day, every day, with his eyes closed. I think, well... He should do. Like, I just do not rate Maurice Green. I don't Neither think do looked, I. I don't think he's looked good in any of them. I think he looked absolutely terrible against uh, Pavlovich in yeah. his last fight he's just huge and I'm sure he hits pretty hard and Olenek should have him in every department but being 42 uh, could be the, the factor here and just being a bit shop worn um, yeah but I don't think we've seen any signs of that have we uh, I don't think we've any reason to believe that. I don't know. His last two fights, uh, his knee folded in on itself against Harris, and before that, Overeem kneed him in the oblivion. Now, I'm not putting Maurice yes, Green yes, yeah, anywhere yeah. near Walt Harris or Overeem, 
but it's heavyweight, and he's an old heavyweight, so, and he's not a particularly big heavyweight either, like, he's only 6'1", 230, you know, that 230 to 240 mark, um, Maurice Green has a massive reach, just being so tall, mm-hmm. but, like, skill-wise, it should be Olenek all day, if Olenek gets him to the ground, he is, ugh, it shouldn't even be competitive. Uh, I've picked Olenek by submission in the second round. I think this will be a dreadful fight. For no, well, I just, I think, just, like just think in general. I just don't think there'll be much going on. Um, I, I I see a good bit of like cage work. I think Olenek will try and press him against the cage and trip him. And I don't really know what Murray Screen's tactic will be other than to try and stay at range and strike. But he's not a He's not a good striker. He's just this. This sort of epitomizes the shallowness of heavyweights in MMA. That like Maurice Green can compete at a yeah, quote unquote like, high level. If you shrunk Maurice Green to six foot and made him a middleweight or something, he'd be nowhere near the UFC. Um, I don't think he came off great on the Ultimate Fighter either. Or not? Was it the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, yeah, it was the Ultimate so Fighter. He said he didn't drink, and he did, and yeah, just the, the crew. Was he called the crochet boss? He was smoking as well. This is, you know, if you want to smoke, that's up to you. But yeah, not if as you're a professional. A, athlete. If you're an elite, you know, trying to be an elite level athlete, you know, it's probably not too smart. But uh, yeah, I've Olenek tapping him in the second yeah. after a round and a half of nothing. I see a trip, and then once it goes to the ground, he, he should get rid of him pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a submission all day long. Um, I'm surprised the bookies have this as a pick'em, to be honest. Well, I think it's like I said, it's just that. Do you really, you know, can you trust Olenek with what seventy odd MMA fights and a bunch bad. of finishes? It's, it's, it's not by trusting Olenek; it's about doubting Maurice Green. Well, that's the thing. As you know, like uh, what, what Olenek's last win was was uh, tapping Mark Hunt, and obviously. Very different shaped human beings, but Mark Hunt is comfortably a um, hundred times better on the feet than Maurice Green. So if he can get past that, he should get past Green, no problem. Uh, next up, of course, is Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington. Um, I just don't see how this goes any other way than Holm winning, to be honest. I think it'll look exactly like their the first, first fight, one. yeah, and that it'll be three reasonably close rounds of competitive striking with home coming out on top with a decision so you, you think it's going to go the distance I do yeah um, and then home will get another title shot she's another one like yeah the, yeah like despite all the roids yeah she's roided up so on to the main event um, McGregor and Cerrone um I mean, I, I don't even know where we where we would begin with this. Um, obviously, uh, watching the embedded uh, and the interview with uh, Connor, uh, he seems to have um, seems seems to have sort of turned a corner. But it's hard to say whether that's real or PR. See, I think it's a like a salvage mission to try and. I think he's done so much damage to his reputation. That the you know the the return of the humble sober Conor McGregor um, is to try and, and and get him back to being a a public and media darling. Um, I'm not really buying into it. Um, 
I think this. Would you ever though? No, uh, like. You know, do you genuinely no, believe he could never get back on track? I think he can get back on track. I just, it's hard. I think uh, we we were having a conversation earlier over at lunch about how like extreme levels of wealth nearly ruin people. Yeah. Because it takes the struggle out of things. And I think Connor's passed over into that now. I think a lot of the drive to get him to the top was about was about acquiring wealth as well. Yep. Um and he's obviously done that. Um per, like I just I don't know. I don't know if he's changed. I'm not willing to buy it just because he's he's done a, a fairly controlled interview with one of the biggest shills in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, he needs to win. I, you know, like all this means, all this talk means nothing if he doesn't win, and I think he will. Um, I think this is a hand-picked fight for for the comeback. I think the, the style plays right into his hands. I think he's they've got him out saying all the right things to all the right people. Mm-hmm. Um. But whether he's actually, you know, you know, I'm beyond caring. You know, who cares? He can be, he can be a scumbag and a great fighter, or he can be the nicest guy in the world and a great fighter. You know, either way, still a great fighter. Yeah, I mean, I think that he he could potentially be taking things more seriously again. But the- see, I I don't buy that for a second. I, I like the the whole. Well, I was drinking the whole week of the Habib fight and this, that, and the other. That's the first thing that comes up when you Google that. You know, Connor Habib fights a picture of him drinking proper whiskey at the press conference, and I get that that was a PR thing. Yeah, but, but at the time, but I think he, he was drinking. He, he probably was, but at the time he was in full blown. I mean, those were all his choices. Like, yeah, they were, but full blown proper twelve promotion. But at the same time, don't give me that I wasn't. You know, like I wasn't taking it serious. I was doing this instead. I'm you sure he was taking it seriously, but the difference is that it's the perspective thing. You know, you're hearing that. Well, I as think. Well, if that's what he's saying, then he's an absolute idiot. But I, but I don't think that. I, I think that that is true in that regard. In that, I think if you are to believe that he was drinking, which I do, just from the way he was behaving and the lead up to it and rumors oh, he we was were drinking. hearing, I don't think the substance were no was no, alcohol. No, but <laughs> those two go in hand. The substance, oh, I, yeah, but I think the, uh, the, I think that I think all the behavior he exhibited. I think he's on saying the run up to that was far. But I wish he would just come out. And be like, look, I was smacked off my face on coke. I know, but he can't. Because he's a role model to so many kids. Is like, he, though? I don't think he is. I think he is. I don't think he is. I, I think, think he absolutely is. I think is. He's, not a, he's not a role model. I'm not I saying think, he's a good I role model. I think his demographic of people who love him or uh, you know would look up to him are late teens to late 20s men. Yeah, but still people think, that you shouldn't be... I don't think know. he's being marketed to children. You know, no, I don't, I don't think, think he's being marketed to children, but I think children in Dublin. See, I, don't, I think the, the the public perception of him's entirely turned, and the support. Like, I just don't. It's just not the same. I think he's done. I'm not going to say irreparable damage because a few wins and saying the right things and you know the right opponents, this, that, and the other gets him right back in the mix. But I just don't know if he can ever recapture that public support like around the Aldo fight where everyone like 
Yeah, I had everyone people, wanted it. Yeah, but I had people who have, you know, in my family and friends who have no interest in MMA, knew exactly what was happening, you know, yeah. and were all on board for it and thought it was great. And all those people now look at him and think he's a scumbag, you know. I think that I think that's correct. Um, but the problem is that there's still those people out there who who don't. Oh yeah, no, he still has he still has huge support. I'm not I'm not going to argue that. I just think now the tide has turned a bit. I will be very interested to see the pay-per-view numbers for this card, to see what the Which actual... Which we won't. Well, we never will, and of course the UFC will probably embellish them t- to a point anyway. But no, never. I'm shocked by this. But, uh, I, you know, I think the interest in him has, has definitely cooled off. And I think, like, yes, the, the humble more humble persona he's trying to get across in the interviews well it's damage limitation with people who are still here you Mm -hmm. know the MMA fans Mm -hmm. but I think he's lost I don't want to say the casuals but you know what I mean like I'd say the group beyond the casuals you know like the people who literally don't follow MMA and dipped in to see what this guy was doing like I think that grips like I think of people like my dad who has no interest in combat sports, but knew exactly what was happening about this and sort of knew about Connor and the buzz about it going into that Aldo fight. And then he heard about him winning two belts and wasn't this great. And then the Mayweather nonsense happened and he saw him getting on like that at the press conferences. And then you hear on the news, he's smashing windows, he's punching old men, he's stealing phones, there's rumoured sexual assault case it you know like and all those things add up and it's like it's nearly like a self-fulfilling prophecy you know like we didn't want them to be bad yeah but he's turned out that way anyway so cowboy apparently is nursing well embedded maybe give this away he seemed to have a bit of a limp uh, and then he's come out now and said that um stepped on a lego yeah well you know he said i <laughs> could have stepped on a lego he said no i just kicked the pad funny but the funny thing is on reddit um one of the one of the first comments on it so he put this video up you know saying that he addresses concerns about it and in it uh it's this Cerrone, it's just a funny nothing the narrator it wasn't just a funny nothing like you know like the rest of development like um and, and, and that's the impression I'm getting um, from looking at the way he's talking about it. it. Was he a, was a little bit... It's just it's something odd. It there was wasn't nothing, very convincing at all. No, there, there, there was something very unconvincing about it. Um, but uh, who knows whether or not that'll even play into the fight. Um, we actually did a video, if you're interested, which you can check out on YouTube, um, which is uh, on this exact subject, which... Uh, it's actually the reasons why I'm going to bet for Cerrone, um, despite my prediction being Connor winning. Um, Cowboy, I think, has a better chance than um, than people are are giving him credit for. Um, I think he's the like you're saying. I think he's the perfect opponent. He's been he's high profile enough. He's dangerous enough that he has ways to win, but he should lose. If that makes sense. Yes. Well, well, if if the, he, he has enough about him that the UFC and Connor have handpicked him for the return fight, that there is a bit of a risk, but not enough. If if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like it's not like catastrophic risk. Because like, regardless of whether you're the favorite or not, like a win over Cowboy at any time is still a win over Cowboy. Like he's still great you know like he's always on the cusp he's in and around he's a he's a veteran 
he's well loved he holds a pile of UFC records it's a good win for anybody yeah it, it is and that's that's exactly why it is a good fight for him um you know it it is balanced enough that there's enough threat and danger that it isn't a walk a walkover fight but you know he, he should win i just don't buy the i don't buy the narrative that that you know connor has power at 170 I just don't we haven't buy seen it. it. Or we haven't seen enough of it. Yeah, that's that's why I don't buy it. And you actually raised a point earlier on that you'd read on Twitter that was a really valid point, which was that Robbie Lawler threw everything, including the kitchen sink at Cerny and couldn't put him away. Yeah. So um, I do favour Connor. My prediction is Connor. I think he finishes him early second round, late first round. But I just think that there is more to this fight than meets the eye with Cerny. And people forget how good Cerny can be if he gets you figured out at all. That's true. I just think that I think McGregor, I think similar to yourself, I think late first, early second, McGregor knockout. I can see him going to the body a lot, like uh, how uh, Dosanio's hurt Cowboy. Yep. Um, and how he went after uh, Chad Mendes with those like stabbing. Yeah, big like toe front, in the belly yeah, button job. front body kicks. You could see a bit of that. Um, I don't think Cerrone has enough of a I know they've been trying to talk it up his uh, offensive wrestling game but I think Connor's wide stance and just general distance management will, will uh, well, make that difficult you, I'm but. not sure Connor's going to come out with the stance because <laughs> the the footage from him training and granted that is all it is it's just a bit of training footage he is 100% in a boxing stance um is that mind fuckery is that just him you know staying loose is that just him hitting pads and it's just how he likes to do it now or is that how he's going to fight because the other side of it it's hard to look into you know because like you said we've we've seen so so little of it and what we will have seen will have been controlled you know Um, but then again he was talking about wanting to box again and mentioning people like Manny Pacquiao so I mean if he's talking about fighting Manny Pacquiao he's probably training a shit ton of boxing so i mean the, the boxing makes sense in terms of like we were talking to uh andy about this the other day our boxing coach um it can actually unfriend the show unfriend uh it can actually sort of negate a bit of the kicks um you know there's sort of your three ranges you know your out of range your kickboxing range and then your your boxing range and if you're in that sort of boxing range yes you're open to getting kicked but because you're that just that bit closer, you know the kicks. Maybe the the opponent maybe can't get full rotation or or can't lift as high. It could help to possibly negate a little bit of the the head kick side of the game from Cerrone. Um, do you think there's maybe an element of, of of that involved in perhaps maybe taking a more traditional boxing stance, pressuring him and trying to negate the kicks? I I just don't see him coming out that way. Like it, it could. I just see. I think we see the way Connor fights, the wide stance, the back. It's quite uh, from the hip, you know from the hips. He's quite upright, so you know Cerrone catches a lot of people leaning with a head kick, you know, or slipping. Um, Connor tends to go back rather than slip to the side. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. And, and then we add in if Cerrone's leg is injured. Are we even going to see 
you know that many kicks. It's all if buts and maybes. Um, it's kind of what we're here for. It is kind of what we're here <laughs> for. But uh, I just, I'm not a a Connor nut hugger at all, as you probably gathered. Um, but I just have a hard time seeing him losing this fight. And I tell you, if he does lose this fight, it's done. I don't think it is done. I think that if he loses this fight, the only fight is Gaethje. No, is Diaz three at one seventy or at one fifty five? Yeah, pick your poison. You know, I don't. I don't think it matters. Probably one seventy because that's what the other two were, and that's what this one is. But I think the script is Connor gets through Cowboy. I don't want to say relatively easy. He should. Do. He should do. I love. Cowboy, I think you know he's some of his some of his fights are you know amazing. His highlights amazing. His records amazing. However, he does choke up a bit in these you know big fight scenarios and title fights. Um, when you know people talk shit to him. Now, in fairness, there hasn't been any of that. Are there press conferences tonight? Yes, we say press conferences tonight. We'll see what they're like face to face. Then we'll see what they're like at the weigh-ins, um, but he does tend to to lose these big ones. Yeah, um, and I think the UFC's plan and Connor's um, is hand-picked opponent, like we st- like we said, get through him, get through him, not easily, but you know, a finish, and then I think he's he's the alternative to if Habib Tony doesn't happen. Yes, yeah, I think that that's true. But the reason I was saying I don't think it's over is... Um, I think it's, it's credit. Yeah. No, I, I tell you why. Mm. I, yes, it's credibility, but what I, what I mean by this is he just says 170 was never my division. He goes back down to 155, and he finds someone that, like Gaethje. I think the argument against that is, though, that he and Dana, so speaking for the UFC, have both said that this is a lightweight fight just without weight cutting so you, it's not like he's fighting a career welterweight like Cerrone is a career lightweight as well but so uh, but if he's you know I Cerrone don't think I don't a, think that argument works for him there I've heard that Cerrone's walking around at uh, 180 185 hmm. imagine you know I, just, I don't I, I can't imagine him being that big like they both fight 55 like Cerrone's last few fights are 55 I he yes, doesn't look. He, do, he doesn't look thirty pounds heavier. Like but Connor's, a, but he wouldn't be. Connor's, Connor's apparently right now about one sixty-five. I heard one sixty-nine, and I I think he's pretty much on the money. I I just don't think. I don't have Cowboy cutting fifteen pounds to make this fight. I think at most he'll be one seventy-five, about twenty pounds away from lightweight. I, just, I don't see him being 180 or north of 180. It just seems way too, too, big. too big of a gap. Like, he's just... He could be. Never seen him in person. It's just... He's a big boy, like, for... for, for, for he's a big, big but lightweight. He's, but he's never carrying excess muscle. No, and he's no. never carrying body fat. So I don't know where he would have another 30 pounds. Mm. You know? I just... I can't help but feel like this could be... I think this is Cowboy's big payday right into the sunset. If he wins, and is that what he should do? If he wins? Yeah. 
if he wins, it rejuvenates everything for him. And if he wins, I would be looking at a Cerrone. Cerrone, like how I pronounce You've that. You go get some Donald Cerrone. Cerrone. A Cowboy Diaz rematch. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, because, you, you know, that's more... It's not about titles. It's not about... It's just, I, you know what? If he beats Connor, friggin' Cowboy and Masvidal again, you know, you... I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it, but I'm just saying, like, that... That was a one-sided... Like, the BMF thing is Cowboys. If I was him, I'd be raging I didn't copyright it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, But I think Diaz rematch 10 years later. You've both beaten Connor. You know, it's... You're you're playing off the Connor popularity. That's a big fight. And then then you're right away. Because he's another guy. I can't remember who we were talking about earlier. Pettis. There's no clear path to the top in any division he's been fighting in. No. He's not going to fight for a title at welterweight, that's for sure. And he's on a two-fight losing streak. Bad two-fight losing streak at yep. lightweight against top guys. And another thing you have to remember, that Gaethje loss was only four months ago. <sighs> like... That was a crazy fight. That's a quick turnaround for s- such a bad knockout. And, it is. And before that, it was the Ferguson fight, which he took a pile of damage in as well. So... It's it's a tough tough fight for for both in that regard and that you know for Connor there is actually I put an argument forward that the pressure's actually on him. Oh, it one hundred percent is. One hundred percent is because to the casual and to I would say I would say the most MMA fans who who know a bit about the sport they're expecting Connor to win. You know he needs yeah. to win. He need after. The last few years of all the trouble outside of the cage, the beating he took from Habib, and how the Mayweather nonsense happened and ultimately ended, he uh, he needs a win. I mean, we're looking at his record here. It's th- three years and two months since he won an MMA fight. He needs to win. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. And I think it's going to be a very, very... Uh, pinnacle moment for for connor if he does win because it it means that the ball's back in his court and he has options to do essentially whatever the hell he wants again Um, it's like you said about lesnar at the beginning he's outside of rankings you know he's one win away from whatever he wants whatever he wants connor coming off a win can call whatever shot he wants what do you think right let let let's let's play the game of connor has won right what what do you think he calls for? Who does he call out? Because Connor has notoriously always called people out. Yeah. Um if he wins He calls th- out Masvidal, doesn't he? It would make sense, it'd be the biggest fight to capitalise off Masvidal's recent popularity. Uh it'd be a huge fight. I don't like his chances in that fight. No. To be honest. But from a promotional standpoint, that's about as big as you can go. Because um, there's no point doing... Yeah, if he wins, there's no point calling out Diaz. That, the Diaz fight is always there. Yeah. Um, so you only go to that's it. That's his fallback. Yeah, you only go to it if you need or it. Or his retirement. Yeah. Um, although he's talking about fighting to 40, which... I'm just no, like, he, no, no, no. That was... He said... He said at least thirty five, but he said, "Could you see yourself fighting when you're forty? And he says, "Yeah." I thought he said he wants to be a billionaire. Or by something. the time he's thirty five, that's right. Yeah, but he did like 
the 40 thing he was sort of like i wouldn't rule it out sort of thing yeah. he wasn't like okay, he right, wasn't like oh i will uh, fight glam okay, 40 it was a little bit more like i didn't i didn't hear it i only saw it he was directly writing. asked could you see yourself for and like fighting into your 40s All kind right, of okay. thing and he was like yeah i'm like potentially sort of thing like um, i think yeah i think he calls out masvidal or he makes some sort of statement about how he's gonna sit and keep an eye on everybody and and making his announcement down the line i'd hate because that i think if tony beats habib which i don't think he will he'll fight tony he'll fight tony um i thought his chances against tony more than habib oh absolutely so do i um but i think because tony gets hit but tony tops him or tony could just do what tony does to everybody and just rearranges their face with elbows um I, d- I don't know. I can't see them doing Habib again so soon. Well, it's not even so soon. You know, like... It's what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, but by the time it happens, it'll be two years. But they'll both have only... Well, I suppose Habib will have been more active than him, but... Connor, like, must know that Habib would beat him. But that's the thing, yeah. There's no way he could say in his head that he's made enough improvements. Well, he said out loud that he was having success against the beep yeah it doesn't come off well no it comes off as delusional either delusional or playing a game i just i i don't even think there's as much interest in it the second time around because of how one-sided and because of the press conferences like you know a yeah, lot of people were a, like you know what it left a bad taste in people's minds yeah and also it 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 to a lot of people it was like right you got yours let's just leave it at that do you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. it like that chapter was kind of closed that that whole i, I mean th- yeah i think if he's smart it's it would appear to be masvidal or usman oh, see i think that's oh it's a terrible it's a death sentence i i don't think he's he's not stupid i don't think he's serious i think that's just he's always his whole career mentioned you know the champion the division above or two divisions above he's all you know just keeps his name in circulation in case but i don't think he's serious about you don't think he would take it i think he would i think he would take it but i don't think it's gonna happen i think those i think it ends badly i think there's a i think pretty much the entire top five of welterweight annihilate him yeah i mean other than I think the Masvidal would probably be stylistically the closest one because they'd probably just get into it boxing range. Just fight. Yeah, and you know what? I would still favour Masvidal, but I think Connor could... He could hang in. I mean, Masvidal's a guy as well who's fought at 55, so he's not massive, you know? Mm, he's bigger. I mean, Poirier said that Masvidal... Did you see the, the thing that came out last week? There was a photo of Masvidal and uh, Poirier beside each other. And uh, Masvidal and Poirier looked sort of similar size, and someone commented on it. And uh, Poirier was like, "No, nah, no, nah, he's way bigger. It's just the the angle." Yeah. And also, there was a video I watched not that long ago on YouTube of uh, Jorge's cut to one fifty five, and it was rough. Oh yeah, I think Welderweight's his division. He's a big, he's a big, big, uh, big lightweight, and a, a but that's what, but that's what I mean. I think, yeah, but I think the. The size between Connor and Masvidal is a lot closer than Connor and Usman. Do you see that um, he was talking about 80 million he reckons he's going to make for this fight, Connor? Yeah, that just can't be true. He said he, cl- he was making 50 million for the Habib fight, so I don't understand 
how in that time, especially with the damage to his reputation, that he's somehow worth an extra thirty million dollars on top of that. Because I would question. Back. I think he was coming back anyway. Yeah, but I think he's. Also I don't think. I don't even think he got paid to. fifty million for the Habib fight. I don't. He obviously got paid an absolute truckload of money, but I just don't think. I'd believe it. You think he got paid fifty million dollars? Not for the straight fight? from the UFC, but after his pay per view and and all that. Yeah, I could believe it. As much as fifty million. But you see, this is the thing. I think he's going to get. I, I just. I, I think it's possible. I don't. I think. Know. I think we're probably looking at the more. Fifteen. Twenty. Oh, no, there's no way that he would have like over, you know, over tripled the figure he's talking about. Well, I don't you know. know. Like he's talking about eighty for this one, which just but is it could absolutely. Be. Daft. I don't know. Like, and this is the problem is that I, I'm not saying yes, I believe that. I'm saying I could believe it. And what I'm saying is that I, I like we have no fucking clue because we 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 don't get to see the books. We don't know how much ESPN pays, you know, for this and that and the other. And oh, yes, we don't know about for the, anything. To the no, fighters. but as in the the pay per view points, like we don't know what you know what gets you know what ESPN would be willing to negotiate with the fighters because presumably now they have the rights. Those negotiations are done. You know, they're not. No, the, I think that it's the, the same old. Like the only people who will be paying them are other other than obviously outside sponsors. Which Connor has plenty of, um, but he would have plenty of regardless of whether he's fighting or not at this point. Um, is the UFC purse and the pay per view points? I just don't think it's going to do. I think it'll do big numbers. I don't think it'll do close to the Habib numbers. Um, I have no idea, but I just I can't see it getting getting close to that. Like if he's claiming eighty, like what is Cowboy getting? Because I would I, say I was getting, was he was getting half a mil, half a mil. See, I think probably with pay per view, I think Cowboy's probably going to be looking at three, two to three million. Yeah, after pay per view sponsorship, all that jazz. Yeah, like yeah, I can see that. Like I would have Connor closer to like I said, ten or fifteen. 10 to 15 yeah but you just don't know how much he's getting paid that's the problem like neither of us do no one well, does well he got for the Diaz fight his I know the registered pay you know, or the UFC announced pay don't mean much yeah but he got 5 million from the UFC for that so like that's a pretty ridiculous jump to go yeah with. it is but his name has become exponentially bigger every has year has think I, I think so. I don't think it has. I think it's actually on a downturn. I think I think it has been as of late, yes. But I I think that the Habib fight was, you know, the biggest fight of both of their careers. I just popularity wise. No, no. I think the Mayweather fight was bigger. Fight. Well, yes, because it had cages. But I'm just talking about an MMA. I'm just oh, an MMA. UFC. Yeah, I just I I don't see it getting close to that amount of money. Like it just just can't see it. No, he'll get. He'll have got paid loads comparatively to even you know like elite top level UFC guys, like many times more than what what they make. But well, I don't think we're looking at the you know, fifty and eighty million. We're talking about big boxing purses. What a, I think that's more than I think that's comfortably more than Fury got the fight. Oh, it is. Wow, yeah. you know, like I don't think we're talking that sort of money. We're just we're just not like the UFC. Not to say they couldn't afford it because they obviously could. Um, 
but it would fold their their system in on itself like they can't afford to pay like boxing what is your final prediction then for this fight uh mcgregor early second round knockout i dig it i feel the same um i do feel that if it makes it out of about halfway through the second round things get tricky for for connor um I think he almost kind of needs to put Cowboy away early. I've seen people talking about Cowboy's wrestling and saying like, oh, I could just take Connor down. It's like, yes and no. Connor's takedown defense is fucking brilliant. Um, but also, um, Connor's a very, or Cowboy's a very different sort of takedown artist where he's a, I will duck under your punch and bang, take you down. You know, it's it's very different to the, yeah. you often don't see it coming. Um, and Connor's been talking about it himself. He's been sitting down on his punches. You know, it's hard to buy into all this because it could all just be lip service at the end of the day. But if he really is sitting down on his punches more, like that's the wide stance, the hips lower, you know, you're not just going to, especially if you're not a Habib or someone like that, you're not just going to double leg him. You know, it's just... It's not going to work that way. Well, let's hope not. But uh, again, just before we go, just like to take a second to remind you that patreon.com forward slash super MMA is where you can help financially support the show, which helps us bring you this content. Um, most recently, we've used our Patreon money to upgrade our equipment. And we're waiting on one more new microphone as well. Hence why Mel actually sounds way more sexy than me. Um, well, one of the reasons. <laughs> uh, we've got some new mic stands and things like that. So it does go towards the show and helps us uh, keep bringing you the content. Uh, again, we're completely open to uh, questions and, and, and feedback and, and anything like that. So feel free to drop us an email at Poluka Media. That's P A L O O K A media at gmail.com uh, you can find us on the twitters at super ad mma show facebook.com forward slash super ad mma instagram again at Polica media so this as always was a Polica media production very very awesome to as always be joined by my brother mel brown anything to add before we bounce out of here brother no just enjoy the fights and we'll see you next week yep catch you on the flip side peace